Hey everyone, welcome back to the Alberta Roundup. I'm your host, Rachel Emanuel. I hope that you guys are having a great week so far. Let's take a look at today's topics. Alberta Premier Danielle Smith is prepared to form a coalition with like-minded provinces to fight Ottawa's energy policies. We're also going to be taking a look at Facebook. Was Danielle Smith censored earlier this week? Meanwhile, you guys will be interested to hear this. Rachel Notley said that she is going to take some time to consider her role as party leader. All that and more happening now on the Alberta Roundup. Okay guys, up first, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith said she's prepared to form a coalition with like-minded provinces to fight Ottawa's energy policies. The Trudeau government plans to impose an emissions cap on Canada's oil and gas sector and to introduce regulations for a net zero electricity grid by 2035. On Tuesday, after speaking at the Global Energy Show in Calgary, Smith said, quote, I prefer collaboration as the first option. I think I have drawn the line in the sand. I've already raised it with my provincial counterparts that if we need to develop a coalition so that we can fight back against Ottawa, if need be, then that's what we're going to do. Those allies include Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe, who told the conference that it would be impossible for his province to move to a net zero electricity grid by 2035. About two thirds of Saskatchewan's electricity is powered by natural gas and to a lesser extent, coal. Moe told media on Tuesday, quote, quite simply, it isn't attainable in Saskatchewan and quite frankly, isn't attainable in many other jurisdictions either. They, meaning Ottawa, come forward with unconsulted, ideological, and unrealistic policies time and time again. And now these policies are layering on top of one another. Federal Natural Resources Minister Jonathan Wilkinson and Intergovernmental Affairs Minister Dominic LeBlanc will fly to Ottawa next week to meet with the Premier. Smith said she's hopeful they can find common ground on the issue. Moving into our next story here, Meta, the company that runs Facebook, is disputing Alberta Premier Danielle Smith's claims that she was banned from her Facebook account. On Wednesday, Smith took to Twitter to say that the social media site had banned her from using her account. She wrote, quote, Big tech and government censorship is becoming a danger to free speech around the world. She also noted that she's premier of a province of over 4 million people, and if they can lock her out of her account, she wondered what they could do to the rest of us. But Meta says no restrictions were ever placed on the Premier's account. In a statement to Post Media, a Meta spokesperson said, quote, There were no restrictions placed on the Premier's page. One of the page's administrators faced restrictions, but that did not impact the underlying page's ability to post content. Shortly after that response became public, Smith returned to Twitter to say that her Facebook account had been reinstated. She said, quote, Happy to report my page is able to post on Facebook again. This was the error that appeared on my page. I hope this is the last time it happens. For those of you who are listening to the audio and not watching, she included a screenshot of the message she had received on Facebook, which said, sorry, you can't post to Facebook from this account. For security reasons, your account has limited access to the site for a few days. The Premier's office did not respond to my request for clarification about whether in fact they had been banned from Facebook or it was simply the mistake of one administrator who had been locked out. For those of us who use Facebook, we know how arbitrary it can be. Sometimes you go into your site and you have been locked out of it for seemingly no apparent reason. I'll never forget a couple years ago, 
I had posted something on Facebook marketplace and all of a sudden Facebook had informed me that I had violated its terms of service and that I was no longer able to use Facebook marketplace. I had absolutely no idea what I did wrong. And I sent them a message requesting to appeal their decision. And also just to get a little more information about what had happened. I did not receive a response and I was banned from marketplace for about a year until I eventually sent them another appeal and they decided to let me back on. To this day, I have no idea what I did and I know that those experiences are very similar for those of us who use Facebook. That being said, it could also be the case that one administrator tried to log onto the Premier's page in this case, wasn't able to do so, and they quickly were led to the conclusion that the entire page had been blocked by Facebook. I doubt Danielle Smith herself came to that conclusion. Obviously she has people who are running her social media accounts for her and it could have been the mistake of one of those individuals. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below and I will get to some of those comments next week. Okay guys, moving into a True North exclusive, I have been covering this story pretty closely ever since the Alberta provincial election, but Tyler Shandro and Whitney Isaac have both decided to proceed judicial recounts in their respective ridings of Calgary Acadia and Calgary Glenmore. We know that both those ridings were decided by less than 100 votes. Of course, last week I brought you guys the official recounts, which increased the number of ballots for the NDP in both cases, but still both ridings were decided by less than 50 votes. In Calgary, Acadia, it was determined that the NDP MLA elect Diana Batten had won by 25 votes following the recount. Over in Calgary, Glenmore, the NDP candidate won by 42 votes. So still pretty close margins on both sides there. And the UCP has decided to proceed with that judicial recount where they will argue the specifics of each ballot before a judge in hopes of turning the tides in their favor. Now, I should also note that I have been told and Elections Alberta has confirmed to me that while they did undergo official recounts in both those ridings because they were decided by less than 100 votes, they still relied on the tabulators to calculate the advanced votes in those ridings. Some conservative strategists I have spoken with have said they would like to see each and every one of those ballots recounted by hand. Elections Alberta said they use the tabulators to recount the advance vote and that if a judicial recount is requested at that time, they would proceed with recounting those ballots by hand. So I suspect that is maybe one of the reasons why they decided to proceed with this judicial recount. I should also mention that people working on those campaigns have a pretty good sense of what those ballots look like. I did hear some reports that in some of the writings, voters had actually written Rachel Notley on the ballot. You can write in the UCP or the NDP, but it gets a little bit trickier when a voter is writing in Rachel Notley's name because she was a candidate in an entirely another riding. So the argument could be made that that voter was attempting to cast a ballot for a different riding altogether. So I suspect these are some of the issues that we're going to see come up in the judicial recount. UCP spokesperson Dave Prisco also told me, quote, in light of the close election results in Calgary, Acadia and Calgary, Glenmore, the United Conservative Party candidates in those electoral districts have filed for judicial recounts. This action, taken with full respect for the electoral process, reinforces our firm commitment to complete transparency. It enables a thorough examination, especially of the yet to be reviewed advanced polling ballots, 
to ensure intention of each eligible vote is accurately accounted for. So in his statement there, we can see him alluding to what I was referring to about the tabulators doing the recount for the advanced polls. The party would like to see those counted by hand. And I'm told this process is going to take about a month all in all. So I'll have an update for you guys in a few weeks. Moving into the controversy of the week here, the Supreme Court of Canada will not hear the case of a dying unvaccinated woman who has been denied an organ transplant. We have talked about Sheila Annette Lewis on a number of occasions on this show, and I have just learned that she will not be able to bring her case to the Supreme Court. Of course, she was denied that life-saving organ transplant because she refused to be vaccinated against COVID-19, and it looks like she's nearing the end of her legal road. In an interview with Rebel News, Lewis said the Supreme Court of Canada owes her an answer as to why they won't hear her case. She said, quote, This is the highest court in Canada that doesn't want to do right by the people of Canada. Lewis was unsuccessful at both the Alberta Court of Queen's Bench and the Alberta Court of Appeal in 2022 with both levels finding that the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms does not apply to COVID-19 vaccine policies of Alberta Health Services, the Alberta hospital where Lewis would have received her transplant or her transplant doctors. Both courts also dismissed Lewis's case under the Alberta Bill of Rights. In November, the appeal court ruled that without a transplant, it is a quote, virtual certainty, end quote, that Lewis will die. Lewis has now filed a negligence claim to Alberta Health Services. Under new lawyers, she was previously using the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. She has now moved over to a different lawyer and she is awaiting a court date on that case. Here's what she had to say about it in an interview with Rebel News. Well, it's my life. What do they want me to do? To sit back here in this a place in my home and just die? Is that what they want me to do? Of course they do. They want me to go away. They want me to stop. They want me to shut up. That was the purpose of the gay order. Why? You tell me. But nobody is saying, and no high official is even saying anything about it. The media will not contact me. The media will not cover my story. Uh, like MSM, like CTV, CBC, Edmonton, CTV, nobody. Nobody will touch this story. Why? Are they that scared because of what's going on? Why are people denied life-saving surgeries? Not just me, but all over Canada, there's people being denied life-saving surgeries. Okay, guys, moving into what we're watching in the weeks to come. Does Alberta NDP leader Rachel Notley have plans to resign? In a press conference earlier this week, Rachel Notley said she will take some time to consider her role as party leader. On May 29, the Alberta NDP secured 38 seats to Danielle Smith's UCP's 49 seats. That marks the second time Rachel Notley failed to form government since losing government to Jason Kenney's UCP in 2019 after just one term in office. Notley said she will consider a range of factors that will take too long to outline. She also said she doesn't know when she will have an answer. I do think it's interesting how little information Rachel Notley had on this process. I would be curious as to what some of the things that she's going to be looking at, for example, as to whether she should stay on. But that leads me to my question of the week. Will Rachel Notley resign? Comment on the video below and let me know what you think. Is she holding on for another four years 
or is she going to step aside and let someone else have their shot? Okay guys, and now it's time for my weekly comment roundup. Stay tuned to see if I included your comments in this week's show. User Crimson Dragon said, I like Danielle, but I hope she will also reign in the out of control activism in the 2SLGBTQIA community. I have nothing against a person's gender, but the violence and child grooming is a line you just do not cross and they crossed it. They need to be held responsible. Also just establish a trans sport league so they can stop competing against biological women. That is not fair, nor is it a good competitive environment. I couldn't agree with you more. I cannot stand when I see a biological woman lose out on a medal that they have worked so hard for to a biological man. We know that bodies are just different and that it is not a fair competitive environment whatsoever. I also hope to see some action taken on this. And I think that we are seeing a lot of frustration rise across North America with the gender ideology that is being so pushed in schools right now. User Harold Lipschitz says, thank you, Rachel, for your unbiased views. There are two sides of the story to the row housing rejection. Homeowners bought in the areas that they live in for specific reasons. One of them being the R1 zoning. Build the row housing in the new areas of construction so that they know exactly what they're getting when they buy. Not changing the rules later and devaluing the property values of those who paid the price in the first place. The part-time resident MPs who have weighed in on this have absolutely no clue or stake in what would happen if this had gone through. And no, it's not NIMBYism. On the other note, yes, these mysterious wildfires need to be investigated by reliable sources. Those are my thoughts. So that was in response to my question last week about affordable housing. Calgary City Council voted down a proposal to basically get more affordable housing built in the city because many councillors were uncomfortable with the fact that it would change zoning within their regions and they said their communities would never agree to it. Then we had another comment on the other side with user Bill Cox saying townhouses and such are better looking than tents for homeless. And finally, one other perspective from Tom Core. I'm not going to read his whole comment here, but he said, basically, if immigration was stopped, there would be plenty of affordable housing, but instead they want to tell those starting out that tearing down all the older rentals and starter houses and replacing them with tiny and expensive new units while simultaneously bringing in half a million people a year that will compete for their living spaces and jobs will somehow make things better. Pierre has some good policies, but this is definitely not one of them. Young people aren't stupid, but if they're never told the truth, they'll have a hard time figuring it out by themselves, just like anyone else. There you guys have it. There's so many different perspectives on the housing issue, just as I knew there would be. I thought that the comment at the end about sustainable immigration levels is a conversation we need to have more often. It's also worth considering in light of our healthcare crisis, can we provide family doctors for all of the people coming in? Hint, we cannot. Okay, guys, that's all I have time for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you're able, please consider supporting our work over at donate.tnc.news. Have a great weekend and God bless.